Welcome back to Oliver's Insights, part of the Simplifying Investing podcast series. It's great to have you here. A reminder that this podcast is general in nature and hasn't taken your circumstances into account. It's important you consider your personal circumstances and speak to a financial advisor before deciding what's right for you. Any general tax information provided is provided as a guide only. And with that out of the way, here's Shane. Everyone and welcome to the latest issue of the Oliver's Insights podcast. It's been a while since I've done a podcast on the Reserve Bank, but I thought it's time to have another look at them. Particularly after the decision this month to leave interest rates on hold. Of course, the Reserve Bank at its July meeting left interest rates at 4.1%. This was contrary to our own view where we thought it was a close call, but the RBA would ultimately lean towards another 0.25% hike, particularly after all the hawkish commentary it had been putting out recently. Economists surveyed by Bloomberg were split, with 14 looking for no change and 13, including ourselves, looking for a 0.25% move. We think that the Reserve Bank has done more than enough on rates to slow the economy and bring inflation back to target. Continuing to raise rates from here will add to the risk of a recession that we already put at 50%, as I discussed in my last podcast a week ago. However, the Reserve Bank retained its tightening bias, and given still high inflation, the still tight labour market, and the RBA's still hawkish guidance, we are allowing for two more rate hikes, one in August and one in September, ultimately taking the cash rate to a peak of 4.6%. Through twenty twenty. Though we see the Reserve Bank cutting interest rates. The pause in rate hikes comes after the biggest interest rate hiking cycle of 400 basis points, or 4%, over 14 months since the late 1980s. Of course, through the 1990s and onwards, we saw interest rate tightening cycles, but nothing matching the extent of the rate hikes that we've seen since May of last year. Except, of course, if you go back into the late 1980s when the cash rate was raised by around 750 basis points or 7.5% over just less than two years through 1988 1989. Now, of course, back then things were very different as household debt to income ratios were about one third of current levels and inflation expectations were much higher. So it took more to slow the economy down back then, although at the time the Reserve Bank still went too far and tipped the economy into recession. In leaving the cash rate on hold at 4.1%, the RBA noted that interest rates have already been increased by 4%, which, as we've pointed out, is quite a significant increase. Higher rates are also working to establish a more sustainable balance between supply and demand which is a positive sign that we are getting close to the top. As you recall, one of the Reserve Bank's big concerns over the course of the last year is that the level of demand in the economy has been above the level of the the, the capacity of the economy to meet that demand, which has contributed to higher inflation. The Reserve Bank also noted that pausing interest rate hikes provides scope or time for the Reserve Bank to better assess the outlook for the economy. That makes sense. In fact, all of that makes good sense. Only problem is that it's very similar to what the Reserve Bank said in April after holding rates back then, only to then resume hiking again in May. And on this front, the Reserve Bank's commentary remained quite hawkish, with concern about inflation, or concern rather that inflation remains too high, the labour market remains too tight, and that wages growth has picked up and will be a particular concern if productivity growth does not pick up as well. Elsewhere, the Reserve Bank also expressed concern about the rebound in property prices, which could boost spending via a positive wealth effect. So given all of this, just as was the case after the April pause, the Reserve Bank retained its guidance that some further tightening of monetary policy 
i.e. rate hikes, may be required to ensure that inflation returns to target in a reasonable time frame. And it also reiterated that this is dependent on how the economy and inflation evolve. It also noted that it will continue to look closely at the global economy, household spending, inflation and the labour market. But reflecting the RBA's hawkish guidance, we are inclined to regard the decision to pause this month as just that, rather than an indication that rates have peaked. And we continue to allow for another two more 0.25% rate hikes, the next one probably in August, and then another one probably in September, ultimately taking the cash rate to a peak of 4.6%. At the August meeting, the Reserve Bank will have June quarter inflation data, which comes out at the end of this month, and a revised set of economic forecasts, which may well include faster wages growth, given the stronger than expected increase in minimum and award wages, um, as announced by the Fair Work Commission for this year. A speech by Reserve Bank Governor Lowe on 12th of July will no doubt shed more light on the RBA's views, but I suspect that it will reiterate, just as it did after the April pause, that just because they paused doesn't mean that rates have peaked. Even though rates were left on hold, the rate hikes that we've seen since April last year mean that a variable rate borrower with a $600,000 mortgage, which of course is the average size of a mortgage these days, or a new mortgage taken out, will have seen something like a $1,300 a month increase in their monthly mortgage payments. That's an extra roughly an extra $15,700 a year in mortgage payments, even if the borrower has managed to get a 0.5% discount to their mortgage rate after contacting their bank, it would amount, or switching to another bank, it would amount to an extra 13300 on an annual basis in terms of debt servicing costs. Whichever you, number you take there, the big number or the one with some discounting in terms of their interest rate, um, it's a massive hit to household spending power. Many of those on fixed rates are now starting to experience that increase this quarter in one jump. Our view remains that the RBA has already done more than enough in order to slow the economy to bring inflation back to target. Rate hikes normally impact the economy with up to a one-year lag. This time around, the lag has likely been lengthened thanks to savings buffers built up through the pandemic, the reopening boost as we came out of the pandemic, and more than normal home borrowers locking in at fixed rates of around 2% or so. And of course, they did that two or three years ago through the pandemic. However, these protections are likely now wearing off, particularly with many fixed rate borrowers now resetting to mortgage rates that are two or three times above their initial fixed rate. And we are now seeing increasing evidence that rate hikes are biting, with falling real retail sales, a sharp fall in building approvals, slow slowing business investment, slowing GDP growth, more negative corporate commentary, rising insolvencies and indications of a slowing jobs market, as evident, for example, in a declining trend in job openings. As a result of ongoing rate hikes, we see the risk of recession in the next year is now very high at about 50%. And of course, I discussed this in more detail in the podcast a week ago. Consumer spending is also certain to start going backwards later this year, as the 4% plus cash rate will push debt servicing costs into record territory as a share of household income and on the RBA's own analysis, more than 15% of households with a variable mortgage rate, which is around one covers around 1 million people in total, will be cash flow negative by year end. Now, of course, that analysis was done with a 3.75% cash rate. We're now well beyond that. So the odds are we're going to see more than 15% of households moving into a cash flow negative situation. And of course, by cash flow negative, we mean a situation where their after-tax income is not enough to 
cover their living expenses and their debt servicing costs. At the same time, our Australian inflation indicator continues to point to a rapid fall in inflation ahead. Against this backdrop, the likelihood of still more RBA rate hikes to come will only add to the already very high risk of unnecessarily knocking the economy off the so-called narrow path that the Reserve Bank has been traversing and into recession. At the very least, the economy is likely to have slowed substantially by year end or early next year, with unemployment starting to rise faster than the Reserve Bank is allowing for. So while we are allowing for two more rate hikes, taking the cash rate to a peak of 4.6% by around September, we anticipate that the Reserve Bank will have to reverse course as we go through next year. And so we are allowing for four rate cuts in 2024, starting around February next year. I hope that's been of some interest. Until we meet again, adios. To keep up to date with Dr. Oliver and the Simplifying Investing podcast series, be sure to subscribe to your favourite streaming platform.